Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Deep Drinks Podcast. I finally convinced my wife, my beautiful queen of a wife, to come on to Deep Drinks and it's uh, she's very nervous. Her Apple Watch is telling her her heart rate is up high, <laughs> so this is a very personal uh, subject for both of us. Um, so thank you so much for coming out and saying hello. Um, please be kind in the comments. Um, we will ban anyone who's trying to troll. We're happy to take any good faith questions. So with that said, um, I'm going to uh, introduce my lovely, beautiful goddess of a wife, uh, Amy McDonald. Amy is a beautiful, kind queen of the McDonald household. Amy and I have been married for eight years and have been doing fertility treatment for five years. In that time, Amy and I have both experienced the many lows of that process and experienced many unexpected emotional tolls, which we will touch on today. So with that said, welcome to my beautiful wife, Amy McDonald. Yay! We need like... Oh, uh, Casually oh, <laughs> sit down. Yeah, we need like um, we need like some like fun cheery music uh, <laughs> or something. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. What are we drinking, babe? Um. Well, because I'm pregnant, I can't <laughs> drink alcohol, which is very sad. Otherwise, I'd be drinking gin. Um. But a non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> Heaps normal. Heaps normal. Oh, look, the color grading has turned the white like green. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so let's get them poured. Um, so even though it's 10 a.m., we're drinking beer, non-alcoholic beer. That's yeah, just, so it's fine. yeah, it's just, it's just Australian culture. Um, but, um, and, and, you know, uh, give us some grace as we uh, warm up here. Cause this is a quite a personal, um, subject as you might imagine. I didn't imagine that, um, that, it was like fertility treatment was so personal until we went through it ourselves, like so harsh um, until we went through it ourselves. Um, did you always think it was it was uh, a personal subject? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I don't know you have you have a lot of people continuously asking like, oh, you guys have been married for like. X amount of years now, are you guys going to start a family mm. um, and all that stuff? So there's like a lot of pressure from like the outside already just to hurry up and have kids and people just don't know mm. what's going on. Yeah. it's um, um. So it is quite personal. Yeah. It, and just before, um, I forgot to mention this to you before, babe, but we can see people's comments pop up so you can read them out if you, <laughs> if you like. So, uh, so. Aaron said, "Gin tastes like drinking a pine tree." Um, well, I don't know what drink, uh, what gin you're drinking, <laughs> but definitely not. <laughs> I like I like pine trees. Um, and also something I forgot to mention. Um, and this 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 episode is off the cuff. We decided to do it um, last minute. I convinced Amy, um, but and you can hear our dog growling in the background. But last week we actually got closer to our goal of getting to a thousand subscribers, where we we're going to be doing a charity stream. I might have, would I be able to convince you to come on the charity screen stream? Oh, a, a new guest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> agnostic Amy. Um, so, um, so yeah, we've gone from this to da da. We're now at thirty percent of the way there. Three hundred subscribers. So that is awesome. Um, and our dog is going crazy. He's lost a ball underneath your bookshelf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
So, Manny, come on, you're disturbing the stream. Yeah, you want to join in? Come on, come on, come on. Maybe up too high for him. Oh. So, so yeah, <laughs> this, this is our dog, Manny. Uh, he was he's our second beta child. We lost our, our first child last year, which was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So um, let's put him down. So, um, so babe, uh, do you mm. want to talk us? Do, do you want to talk us through the process of what IUI and IVF look like for you, Manny? Uh, starting from where exactly? Like what? Um, like. Like when did when did you start thinking that we might need to go through IVF or IUI? Um, so I remember I remember you wanted me to go get tested because we stopped having we stopped using protection. Yeah, well, I, but I always um, I always strongly uh, believed that I had endometriosis um, just because of growing up. My mum had it and. Um, yeah, every, every month was quite uh, painful and stuff. So I always kind of suspected that we, that I did and I knew that that can potentially stop you from falling pregnant. Um, but as I was researching it, um, they're all saying like, oh, well, you've got to wait a year before you start um, getting tested as partners and they test um, the male first because it's a lot easier to... Mm. Um, test you to see if there's any issues with you before they turn to me mm. sorry i was trying to get a jump start on that <laughs> i wonder if it's appropriate um for me to tell the story of when i got my sperm tested what do you think <laughs> go for it okay so <laughs> oh we have um tang tang gang in the uh, comments hey tang gang and river city films are you guys are hot do you know who that is no that's uh, josh oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um so uh, thanks, Josh, and thanks, Tangang. Thanks, Ultimate Debate Championship and Aaron for showing up. So, um, so uh, how about Manny? Sorry, I'm just scratching this guy. He's, he wants the attention. Um, so when I first, when, when you got asked me to go get my sperm tested, I called up the clinic and I was like, hey, uh, I need to get my sperm tested. Like, how do I do this? And they're like, well, you can do it at home and then bring it in, but it's got to be in within half an hour. And I was like, we don't live half an hour. Like that's going to be what, depending on traffic, that's not good. And I was like, do you have a room or anything? And they're like, um, and this is, I don't know why it's like this in Australia, but they're like, we have a public toilet. I'm like a public toilet, like a public toilet. So, um, I'm like, okay, this is, this is a mess. Um, and, uh, and you know, this is a very TMI, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So, um, we like, I'm like, all right, I'll go use the public toilet. I thinking it's like a big, ass public toilet no it's one cubicle and two urinals with no door off the main counter of like the hospital so it's like just like a little toilet there and it's the only one i could find and i go in there and i can hear nurses and doctors walking past and like talking and stuff and i'm trying yeah, to it sets the mood. i'm trying to accomplish the task <laughs> and um and you know, I like it, it was it was work. Let me tell you, um, to to accomplish the task uh, in that environment. Um, but I did it. Um, and, and uh, anyway, so I wrote the wrote the time that I did it on there and everything. And I walked out and I and I saw the um, sorry, sorry. And let me get fired. yeah. Um, just had dogs lost his ball. 
Um, yes, it was a challenging wank, um, Aaron. And oh, he's got his he's got beans. Um, so yeah, so I'm like panicking. Um, like like I, I come out of there not panicking, but like coming out of there like you know just like gone through the toughest one of the toughest uh, alone times in my life, um, and straight away I find the doors to the clinic I've got to like drop it off to. And I look at the time and it says like one minute before, like was when I collected the sample. And I was like, I can't walk in there, like still out of breath. Like, here's my sample. Like that's just too weird. That's freaking weird. That's very intimate. Yeah, it's too intimate. And I was like, no, I can't do this. Um, so I sat there on a bench for 10 minutes, just with it in my um my pocket, just like waiting for the, because um, I didn't want them to be like, this was in your self <laughs> like a few moments beforehand so um i literally like went in and then the worst part is like when i went in i like dropped it off and you walk in and it's like a science laboratory like straight away there's like there's there's no i mean it, this is like i guess it's niche they don't have like a consumer market or something but i go in and it's like you know, a scientist comes out and there's like lab stuff kind of everywhere and like paperwork everywhere. And she's like, oh, yeah. And she like opens the bag and he's like looking at it. I'm like, ah, ah, can you do this when I'm not here? I'm like, oh, this is too intimate. Like, get out. So, yeah, it was it was horrible. <laughs> so, like, I left. I know what you're talking about. That's a great experience. Oh, geez. That was, that was a, um, you probably got complete Sorry. That was, um, that was probably, um, that, that was probably like the toughest experience I went through, um, which, in in retrospect is an incredible sounds experience. pretty nice yeah compared to what you've gone through this whole time so we always make jokes that um it's not a, not a joke it's it's fully real that that you know i amy gets like prodded and stabbed and things shoved up her without her consent well i guess you oh, do consent okay, but yeah. you don't want it to happen um and then uh you know and just like people looking everywhere and stuff and what i get to do is stay home from work masturbating with no social discourse like no like everyone's okay with it like it's the only time in my life it's socially acceptable to stay home from work masturbating to give a sample so yeah um so this this story is more about your story more about what you've gone through oh you don't want to give them the results <laughs> of what my test <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah so Oh, this is a bit. This is a bit intimate. So when I when I got my sperm <laughs> when I got my sperm test sorted, oh, you. <laughs> um, the doctor said to me, um, when I come in to like test my sperm, he goes, "Mate, <laughs> he goes what?" He's like, "You should be." Um, he's like, "To be normal, consider normal. You should have." I can't remember what the, the numbers were, but he's like, "You should have a number of like 50. He's like, "You're 84." I'm like, "Oh." And he's like, and he's like, the amount, he's like, you should be, you know, this, but you're 142. Like, it was just like way over, like I was blowing records. Like, it was crazy. And and he was just like, and he's like, you need to hang this on your fridge. And I think I did, didn't I? You oh, did. No, <laughs> I, hanged this, I hanged the test sample on the fridge. I was like, yeah. No, the report, not the report. The sample. <laughs> not the sample. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so Tom Nagel said, what did it taste like? That's not a troll for my mods. Um <laughs> It's one of my dearest friends. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was, you know, it was an experience, but, um, but how's this beer? It's not bad, eh? Yeah, it's good. For, for non-alcoholic. Yeah. It tastes like beer. Mm. And you've missed beer. Yeah. I've just missed alcohol in general. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess we can go through like, so, so I guess we can go through the, the process of like, 
um, trying IUI um, and like our attempts at that? Or like, can you give the people a rundown of like what you went through? Uh, yeah. Um, or just trying to work out where to start from. Um, so start from wherever you like. Deep drinks. We <laughs> we um. Oh, we ended up uh, get, like I ended up having like a bunch of scans and stuff, and then they thought that yes, they could see that I had quite large, um, quite serious um, endometriosis, and so we um, uh, yeah, we had to go through quite a while of being on different hormone treatment and stuff because it's quite large to help bring it down before they could operate, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, so we did, I don't know if that was like six months or something. And then um, and then we did, um, yeah, then we had the operation and had to go in two weeks later for a follow-up. Um, and, yeah, we just kind of kept getting knockbacks after knockbacks. Mm. <laughs> like we, um, I think by the end I ended up having four, surgeries to try and get rid of this endo just so that we could start um either IUI or IVF um and that that really spanned out over I don't know like three years maybe yeah and this is like a costly thing too because in Australia we don't yeah. we, we everything's covered m- m- most most things are covered for with just the public system with health but with um with IVF and IUI fertility treatment, it's not, you have to get private health insurance to cover. You don't have to, you can just pay for it out of pocket. Mm-hmm. But it was something like $43 a week we're paying for private health insurance just for a year. You have to do it for a year before you start getting surgeries and stuff. And then they give you a certain amount off. Yeah, um, but even even with that, we still, I think it was still like five grand or something just to do the first, the first surgery. Oh, really? Yeah, because hmm. that, was, that was the big one. Um, cause I had to stay overnight in hospital mm. and stuff. Um, the, when you came out, um, they had, they had, um, connected, they had like taped, not taped, tied something to like your belly button or something or something. So they tied something inside. Oh, you. my, um, my ovary was stuck to some my bladder or something like that. And so they had, to, they had to like cut the endo to separate them and then tie my ovary back up to my stomach and stitch it there so that it would stay there and keep it there for a week before I could go get stitches out. So I couldn't stand up straight for a week. And I was like hobbling she around was like the house. bent over like this, like literally like an almost 90 degree angle and walking like tiny little footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> I got these cool videos of her. I love that like people commented like, I love that you're not helping your wife. You're filming her and laughing as she's like <laughs> all drugged up trying to walk back to the house. Um, yeah. I sometimes have problems with uh, empathy, I guess, or maybe I don't. No, I don't. you don't. You just like filming stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that like we went through a bunch of them, and they were, you know, the they were unsuccessful. But what, what they what they did is they the actual process of IUI is is, is quite interesting. So, what's IUI stand for? Oh, I actually can't remember. Give us the scientific definitions of everything, please. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know much about IVF. I'm worried that people going to quiz you. I'm like, no one's going to quiz you just on like, like scientific like... meanings and stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't remember. But pretty much, um, 
pretty much they they put me on some drugs and um uh keep scanning me every couple of days to see where my um ovulation is at mm. and the eggs that are um ripening how big they're getting before they release and then when it gets to like a stage that they're happy with they um they then get me they um give me a trigger shot which um causes my body to ovulate mm-hmm. and then they get dave to do his thing <laughs> and <laughs> bring back another cup yeah and um and yeah then they then they pretty much um put that in me at a very very specific time yeah so they, that's IUI. they like take my my sperm and like whiz it around in a centrifuge um and all the dead or weak sperm moves to one side and all the strong sperm like stick up to one side mm. then they like take the strong sperm and then they chemically treat it to like boost it make it like jacked sperm <laughs> and then they um they open up amy with a speculum and then they go <laughs> and they see a cervix and, go, and stick it right on the cervix <laughs> And I asked the doctor, I was I love like, your descriptions of everything. <laughs> and I asked the doctor, I was like, do we, I was like, do you guys sell these um, speculums? And he was like, oh, no, we'll give you some in a gift bag. And then he's like laughing their head off. Um, joke, obviously. We did not have one of those. Yeah, I had to buy it online. They didn't oh, whatever. Even, they, stop it. <laughs> they didn't it for me. So you can look inside. No. Gross. Gross. <laughs> um, so Brett, the week from the strong Nidimus said, yes, that's true. Um, so, um, yeah, so. <laughs> oh yeah. So then we had then we had the two week wait to then find out if it actually worked or yeah. not. And I'm filming, and we're like, ooh. And then like the dog comes in, and he's like, it didn't work. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I've still got the footage of us just. Getting, oh, do you? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember you taking that. Oh yeah, I'm always filming something. Oh. There's a camera, camera back there. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So that one didn't work, and then we're like, oh, okay, we'll we'll um. We'll try again because our specialist was like, we've got the majority of the endo. It's all good. Um, you guys are still quite young. Like there's nothing else going on. You should be like still have like, I think it's like a 20% chance with yeah, the IUI. 20% per. per yeah. Um, so he's like, oh, if you guys want to, we can, like we can go again. And so we decided to and then went through the same process again um, and – uh, I can't remember. Did we do it two times or three times? I have no idea. I can't remember if we did it twice or three times, but um, <laughs> we um. Anyway, some some of them didn't work, and then and then when we went to go do it either the second time or the third time, um, they were scanning they were scanning me and realized that I had um from all the drugs like a boost in my estrogen and stuff, it actually caused a cyst. That's right. Yeah, and so they actually went in while I was awake with like a needle and stuff, and drained the cyst oh, I right about there. That. That's so gross. Yeah, when we were there, <laughs> um, and then because of that, then we had to wait again yeah. for a while before we could do another one, and then my endo came back oh. just because of all of the drugs that we were taking. So we had to do another surgery. Fun. Nidimus actually said this, baby. You want to read it out? Which one? Yeah, this is how you get McDonald's. Oh, wow. A <laughs> uh, very different kind of McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so uh, before before we move into, like, so you're pregnant now. 
Yes. How, how far along are we? 24 you, weeks. 24 weeks. That's very exciting. I think we worked out it's like five and a half months or something. That's super exciting. Yeah. We've only got 16 weeks left. That's super stressing, stressful. That's scary. I don't even scary. feel like we're like you're pregnant. I just like it. Just I just have this like when you bring home baby stuff. clothes, I'm like, what? <laughs> like it freaks me out. I'm like, oh, there's a baby in there. That's gross. Like <laughs> it's just not gross, but it freaks me out. But um, but yeah, but 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 before we did the IVF stuff, like it was like, like I so. I have this joke and that was Amy wants four kids. I want zero. So we're going to meet at the middle at two, um, which isn't the middle. That's part of the joke. Um, and also the joke is I don't want kids. I have grown to want kids. Um, but I was uh, for a while, I was like, take it or leave it. Um, but, um, but now I'm really stoked for kids, but uh, I, you're, you've always wanted kids. Mm. Like you're insane uh, in a little bit with kids. Like, we, when we used to go to church, he used to run um, the J Juniors, Jesus Juniors, <laughs> which was about the age group. Uh, three to six or yeah. three to five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember helping out down there before we were dating. Um, and one of the kids, I think it was young Will, um, thought it was fun to try and sack whack me. And like, got all the kids <laughs> trying to sack me. It was not good time. It was great time. A surprise I could give it such a good sample of J <laughs> Juniors. So. But, uh, yeah um so yeah that was that was good and you know we read them stories and stuff and had like face painting things we should have photos of it come up we don't have any um on hand but yeah it was really good um but you've always been really into the children and it's been such an important part for you so i never i i can never relate to the stresses that you went through um dealing with that mm. yeah well it is I don't know. You kind you kind of put more pressure on yourself almost mm. because it's something it's something that I had always always wanted and wanted like a medium to large size family. Um, mm. So to start thinking that that might not possibly happen, or not that it might not happen, but more that it might not happen like the way that I thought. Like mm. I don't know. You get you get. Um, when you're growing up, like, and, like, in sex ed and stuff, you're pretty much told, like, all it takes is one time to have sex to fall pregnant, which is true. Mm. However, <laughs> there are also people out there like me and others who have different complications and stuff that it's actually a lot harder than that. Mm. And so to grow up thinking that, oh, it's super easy to fall pregnant mm. um, and then to hit all these roadblocks and stuff is really... Um, discouraging yeah and and um it's hard too because um people don't realize like the emotional toll it takes when you see a friend who is has fallen pregnant and you've got these conflicting yeah. emotions where you're happy for them but you're super jealous and it, it's a reminder of yourself and your troubles and stuff and it's like this conflicting feeling because you don't want to feel upset or you don't want it to make it about you, but you can't help it because it's so raw. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I would use the word. Oh, it's hard. I don't know if I'd use the word jealous, but it's def it definitely feels like, for me anyway, it would feel like a slap in the face. Really? Almost. Yeah. Not, not from them personally. The just like the situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like. 
like, I don't know. I feel like everyone goes through stages where like all your friends around you are like getting engaged and getting married. And then the next stage is like all your friends and family are like getting pregnant and stuff Mm. around you. And so, yeah, I don't know, having that, it's just, I don't know, you go, yeah, you go through stages of emotions and you'll finally become like okay with what's going on, like a little bit more mentally stable. And um, and then someone else will announce that they're pregnant and then it just, I don't know, it just brings all those emotions back up mm. and stuff. No fault to the person who's has the amazing news that they're pregnant. Mm. Um, but it's just, um, yeah, it just <laughs> brings it straight back into your face, mm-hmm. I guess. And I, I didn't, um, hey, Mr. Bootleg, I, um, and I didn't realise, like, the depths of... The, the despair until I think it was one night we were coming back from uh, a party. Um, you would drink, you, you'd been drinking. I'm not sure if you'd been drinking too much or maybe you didn't have been drinking. I think you'd been drinking. I think I was. We, we, were, we were driving and um, you were, were having a conversation and you just broke down screaming, scream crying, whatever that is. Like not like screaming at me, but you were just like, ah, like, and I was like, I was like, whoa, I could feel like the depths of your non-existent soul just in that. Um, I'm not saying you don't have a soul. I don't, I don't think I don't believe in souls. <laughs> but, you know, I could feel I could feel like a deeper, um, you know, a deeper like a trauma there. Um, and I didn't mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa. And I remember I don't know if it was then. It probably wasn't then. It was probably some other time. But I said I said, like, hey, like, like, if, like, I've never been a huge, huge person for kids like it's like if it didn't if, if you decided like no i don't want kids i want to travel europe and do whatever for the rest of our lives I'm like okay like cool whatever <laughs> there's benefits to that as well um and uh but uh but at, at that moment around that time i was like okay well like if this is this important to you then we're gonna have we're gonna have kids like i immediately became like it wasn't an issue and it wasn't like, and I was like, if we can't, if we can't, if IUI doesn't work, we'll try IVF. If IVF doesn't work, like I don't care the prices. Um, if IVF doesn't work, then we'll we can try surrogacy. If surrogacy doesn't work, then we can try and adopt. If adopting doesn't work, we can move to Africa and adopt an orphanage. Either way, you're gonna have children in your life. Yeah, and I I do remember you saying that, and that did make me feel a little bit better because then I was like, oh, okay, well, like we will one day end up having kids which Mm. is which was the ideal goal but it still felt um didn't it didn't feel the same for me because I always wanted to be pregnant I always wanted to have the experience of going through pregnancy and stuff and so if we did have to go down that route of adopting or surrogacy or Mm. something else um then that part was kind of getting taken away yeah. from me, which was also sad in another aspect. <laughs> mm. I mean, you also want to get married, um, um, married and pregnant at twenty-one. So I wanted to be <laughs> pregnant at twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that was more church um, chicks. Am I right? Following, following in my family's footsteps. Yeah. I don't know. My mom had me when she was twenty-one, so. I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine, and I always wanted kids, so I was like, that's not a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's, um, yeah. And, and like, but, but for, yeah, just for me, like I was like, cause our relationship's quite special in that 
I, I think that we do a couple of things really well. We're not perfect, but we do a couple of things really well in our relationship. And I think it comes a lot. Some of it stem from my anxiety um, and just and like and stuff, which is like, I guess a good thing to come from my anxiety. But we're we're really honest with each other. We talk mm-hmm. about our feelings, even if they they might hurt the other person. We'll be like, you know, we'll talk about them and we'll discuss everything. Um, we're open and honest with each other, open and honest with ourselves about how we're feeling and what we're going through and stuff. Um, and we respect each other. So, you know, um, like that. But then the other thing too is um, we uh, we support each other in what we want to do. So for me, I'm, I like being creative. So, you know, I used to work on video games and you'd support me and I'd just disappear into, I'd say, to, oh, there's a game jam on this weekend and I'll disappear into the garage. I'd even bring a mattress into the garage so I could sleep for four hours and get up and you code a video game from start to finish in 48 hours. And um, one of my cousins, Max, who might be watching now, probably not, he's, um, he said, he said, how do you just disappear for four days, uh, for two, two or three days and your wife is okay with you just being in the garage playing video games. I'm, like, I'm not playing video games. This is an important thing for me. Like this is a creative expression for me. This is like artwork, right? Um, same with like my obsession with books um, or like, you know, I'm buying a book every week and he's like, oh, yes, this is, you know, you support me or the videos, <laughs> or the videos making or deep drinks, you know, or the arguments I get on Facebook. She's like, why do you do this to yourself? I'm like, well, I don't really do that I anymore. Yeah, but like you, you support me in the the things that are important to me, um, and I try and support you in the things that are important to you. And even if I don't see, like for you know for a while, I didn't see how why kids were so important to you, and you obviously don't see why it's what a lot of the things I do are important to me. But we respect each other in that in that anyway. Hmm. I think that's what makes our relationship um, cool. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. Yeah. Um, I love you. <laughs> um, uh someone said god bless trump i'm wondering if that is max <laughs> like the one i said is not watching um so um so one thing that we did um get before before we go into the ivf stuff is one thing that we got was lots of unsolicited advice um and it was like getting to a point where it was extremely hard for us to deal with like yeah like because one one you know, a fam- like family members and friends who we really respect and love um, would tell us stuff that was conflicting. <laughs> so our IVF specialist, you know, would, would ask them about the stuff would, and then be like, tell them to go to medical school or tell them to, you know, like this, there's no science for this at all. Um, would have people tell us. Yeah, he was quite good because he's very... Um like black and white. Yeah. Our fertility specialist. Yeah, very, very black and white. And people would say, um, you know, you've got to give up soy or um, soy is the problem or. Um, uh, <clears throat> oh, there was so, there were so many different things, but it's, uh, they didn't know, or... they didn't know what the actual, what the actual cause was. Yeah. They didn't realize that it was because of my endo. Yeah. And we had like a beloved family member um, who, um, who, hello, Manny, highway man, who um, actually invited us to um, church. And so they, they, what happened was they knew we hadn't been going to church for a while and they knew that um, they didn't know where we were at in our faith and stuff. And we, you know, um, it's been a few years now since we kind of, I, I stopped being convinced by the, the reasons for the, the existence of God. Um, 
diff- different for both of us, but I guess we're both at that stage. Um, and this person said that they were at a revivalist, revival kind of style church meeting. And the person said, um, someone got up and said, and said, there is someone here whose family member is dealing with um, fertility stuff. Oh, they said specifically endometriosis. Endometriosis, yeah. And they need to come here next week because they'll get healed and they'll be able to have a, a baby, mm. essentially. And this puts, you know, um, our family member in a really tough position because it's awkward, but they but they they believe it, and of course, and they, um, and of course, if you believed what you believe, you 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 would definitely tell us about it, right? Mm-hmm. So they tell us about this, and it caused such conflict. I don't know. I don't know why, but it was. I think it was something to do with the um, the feelings. Of, I'm just talking about myself now. You can talk about you, but but for me, it was something about the experience experience of like um, that old way of thinking, that old um, revivalist, churchy prophecy kind of way of thinking. Yeah, that you can go somewhere, be prayed over, and get healed. Yeah, and fix all your problems. Yeah, we had you know I've said this before. We had people in our church cut off their neck casts when they next neck cast when they broke their neck and had people digging their nails into the neck to prove yep. that the neck was healed like we had things like that happen of course a few days ago the person went back to hospital with a more broken neck <laughs> but um and we're all wondering why 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 that um why that happened um but um so yeah so there was like there was all and there's always stories about like people getting healed or whatever and um and so, you know, it, it just, just bringing that in that old way of thinking and you think you're so desperate and you think, what if, what if this rationale is just the devil's work or, or yeah, stuff? it makes you, it makes you second guess everything yeah. because you're so desperate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's almost like, oh, we'll try, we'll try anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really tough. Yeah. And, and, um, I remember like sitting, I remember like it was so weak because I was like, I don't believe it, but for some reason it's just conflicting with me. And, you know, I know like if I was, if I was a Christian listening to myself talk, I'd be like, that was the calling of the Holy Spirit. That was the calling of God. Calling, And it's like, oh, I don't know, because like I feel similar things when people tell me about like whatever other miracle solution they have, miracle water or whatever um of other other faiths or you know like you do this like black magic i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about but essentially um so i'm sitting in my bed and i'm um talking to our roommate kennedy about this and um and i'm just like lying there i'm like this is just so conflict because like it's it feels it feels funny and then and then i was talking about it all like all the you know um this just it's just like hard to deal with emotionally and i said to um kenny i said would you go and she said no and i said why and she goes because i live in reality and i don't believe in these things and i was like and like i mean it was it was harsh <laughs> but that was her opinion man she was just listening to me and i asked the question and even that didn't sway me or anything but what did sway me was i realized at that moment that if i could if god could do that to me if god could and to you sorry to us if God could give us a baby, he had that power. And I could talk to God. I would ask God, I would say, don't, I don't, don't use your power to do that. Go save that starving child. 
we can we can go through IVF. Don't save that starving child. Don't 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 stop that little girl from being raped. Don't help us with IVF. Use your powers for something better, right? And it's when I realized that that the idea, the, the pure idea, that God would come to one of the wealthiest countries on the earth with public health care and everything and offer to help us with a fixable problem, fixable with modern science, but then let people starve, made that God out to be a monster. I'm not saying God's a monster. I'm saying that idea of God is a, is a monster. Mm. And like, it's like watching a, a child drown and then drying off the feet of another child because they got their tootsies wet. Save the child drowning. The child's drowning. You know what I mean? So for me, I was like, wow, like that really put into perspective. If God can heal someone or wants to heal someone, um, hi, Titan. Yeah. Um, hey, Aaron. If If God wants to heal someone, of something like that, I, I, I it, it paints them to be like a moral monster. And then, you know, I talk to people, we talk to people about this and they're like, oh yeah, I wonder how many people have, who know someone who has endometriosis. Endometriosis is actually very common. Isn't it like 40% or something? Oh, ridiculous? I can't, I can't remember that. I told you to all remember all <laughs> scientific statistics. <laughs> but it is very, very common. Like. Yeah, super common. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also one of those things that it's not visibly, like, you're healed. And then it's like, and then if someone, it's so like, let's say like, let's say 10 people, and this is not to poo-poo the religion of our family or whatever, but, or, or the person who invited us, because they're just doing what they, and I'll, we love this person and everything, but, but, you know, if this, this church service, this revival church, and I don't believe the people there are trying to con people either. I just believe they're also misguided, but these prophets or preachers or whatever who say, um, you know, God uh, wants to heal some, heal um, people in ministries. Let's say 10 people come, maybe 20, it's probably 20, 30, 40 people who come who've got endometriosis and they get healed. Um, you know, 39 of them cannot have a successful birth after that. One of them can, and it can be, and endometriosis isn't like a thing that stops, right? Like it's not like a thing that stops pregnancy all the time. It just reduces the, the, the rate of the chance of being pregnant by a lot. By a huge amount, right? So, or oh, is that wrong? Um, yes and no. It, it, it depends. Yeah, yeah. Depends. So, so someone comes in with endometriosis. They get they have endometriosis um, fixed, well, not fixed, but they get pregnant after that. And like, what? It's a miracle from God. How can you deny the power of God? And it's like, well, what about those other thirty nine people? God wasn't talking to them. <laughs> that wasn't God wasn't talking to them. But if it worked for them, it's like God can never lose in this situation. Mm. And when I say God, I mean the idea of God. Like, it's like, it's not, um, there's a great website. I, I don't know if it's still up, but it's like, why doesn't God heal amputees.com or something like that? Why doesn't God heal? It's like, you never see someone's legs grow back. I mean, there are stories of Smith Wigglesworth, <laughs> but you never actually you know, hear about that. Um, so, endometriosis affects about 10% of women globally. Thank you, Titan. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so yeah, so that that you know that was that was quite hard. We had family members asking questions about um, the like how how 
IUI and IVF work. Um, and, um, you know, because they're worried about souls being created, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, are they, do, they, do, they, do they get fertilized and the dishes get thrown out? And, and, I'll, and I just said, I, I don't know, but I also don't care. <laughs> like, I'm not worried about it. I'm like, okay. Which is really nice of them to be respectful. But it was a funny story when I did, you know, we had enough of unsolicited advice, like from our friends and family who, you know, they're just trying to help, <laughs> you know, but, and I remember calling up. But they don't ask first before they no. start doing it. No. They just assume that. Yeah. Rub garlic on your ankles for four nights a week. Yeah. Yeah. They don't understand exactly what you're going through. Yeah. But yeah. And, they, and a lot of them offered to pay for like stuff which was even harder because it's like they're paying for you to go to something that you don't necessarily agree with that path. And mm. then like, it might be like natural healing, which will re reduce your diet and stuff or, or whatever. And, um, and it's like, it's like a mental conflict against what the actual science says, but what our IVF specialists are saying, people who didn't get their uh, information from whatever. Um, and so, so I'm getting drunk. Sorry. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I remember calling up, I called up a bunch of people and it was literally like, I remember calling up um, one of the worst culprits in our friends and family. And I said, hey mate, um, just so you know, um, we're not taking any more advice. Um, you know, it's just very hard. You know, people are just ridiculous. Like, you know, pointing to other people, like people are just ridiculous. Oh, so, so we're just putting a blanket ban on all advice. You know, we really appreciate it, bro. And- It's probably worded a little bit different, but yeah. Yeah, worded a little bit. And, and without breaking a beat in the conversation, this person said, oh yeah, mate, people are ridiculous. Like I can't believe people giving unsolicited advice. And, oh. Anyway, that thing I was telling about the other day, that really works because blah, 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 blah. And this person blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, okay, we're not yet. And he's like, yeah, I know it's just people. Yeah, it really works. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh my, how does this happen? How does this happen? Like, how does this person not understand? Like, um, think that they're on like a different um yeah i don't well, know like tier have, to it, other people and be like oh other people can't give advice but i'm different so therefore i can yeah and you have to you have to too like it's like when you talk to someone about like complicated um the old garlic on the ankle trick yep that's right um the you know you talk to people like um like you know when we have house meetings i'll always talk about how much i suck but that's not because like i like i do suck for, for like things like cleaning and stuff. Um, but um, I'll be like, I'll be like, hey guys, you know, we, we you know, like we'll bring our roommates going like, we, you know, we've got to start cleaning and stuff. Even though like the thing that's pissing you off is might be someone else. I'll be like, you know, I, I've noticed that I do X and that X thing is what everyone else has been doing more than me or whatever. And I'll, I'll always point it back to me. Cause you want to, you want them to feel like, yeah, Dave, you suck. Let's pull out, let's pull out. You, you want to like take the blame. You don't want to like point the finger at someone because then they're, they get on their back feet. So you, that's the same, like when I was calling up people, I was like, oh, mate, you know, I, you know, when I'll call up our friends, I'm like, oh, my family is nuts. When I call up my family, I'm like my friends are just crazy. Or I'll call my family, like oh, Amy's family just won't stop. And then I'll call up your family, like, oh. and, and it's all true, but it's just like, I'm just choosing what parts of the information. I, it's, it's kind of deceptive a little bit, but it's <laughs> like, I'm just not telling the full story to everyone. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, there was a lot of advice coming yeah. in our way, which made which made things harder. Yeah. Just makes it confusing and stuff. Yeah. Like I ended up um going and 
um, or oh, probably like halfway through, halfway through this, maybe. Um, actually booking in to see a psychologist because it was getting... Why? Were you nuts? Looney bin? <laughs> it was just getting too much for me. Like, everyone around is falling pregnant and um, all the setbacks that we kept that we kept having and it was... And the setbacks were like setbacks that um, made us wait like another six months or a year. Mm. and stuff like that. So they were like long setbacks. Um, and then all the advice coming in from other people mm. and stuff, it just it just got way too much um, mentally to yeah. deal with. And it's hard because all, everyone's trying to just love you. That's the whole purpose of it. But Yeah, which also, but, which also makes it hard Yeah, on my end as well because I know that that's the intention of mm. these people who are giving us advice and stuff. And so... You wanna you wanna like be nice and everything, but then at the same time you gotta I don't know. It's like when trying to work out how to like separate yourself from what they're from what they're saying because you just can't. Or I just couldn't handle it. Um, it's like getting slapped yeah. across the face, um, but you know they're just trying to swat a mo- mozzie, but you keep getting slapped across the face, and it's like I know there's mozzies here, but like <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> but it's, it still hurts. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so Aaron asked, um, so when you began this journey, were you already out of church or still involved? No, we were, we were out of church. Mm. Yeah. We weren't in the church, but our, but our families were still very much. Yeah. If or any, are still very much. If anyone has any church. questions, um, feel free to ask them any, um, uh, you're allowed to give unsolicited questions, but if we don't read them, it means that we don't want to answer them. So please don't be offended. Um, there's some things we or just we've just missed it, or we've just missed it. Yeah, um, but yeah, any any questions, um, good faith questions are welcome, obviously. Um, but thank you, Aaron. Yeah, so we're out of church. Um, yeah, mm. um, it had been a few years. Um, like yeah, yeah. We, we spoke about this last time you came on, but do you have like an, I can't remember, do you have like a moment where you realise, because the, the, the other thing about our amazing relationship is, um, is, is where, you know, we're not, we're not joined at the hip in regards to like, uh, we can disagree on stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I remember being drunk in a, um, in a spa with you at some, <laughs> some, um, some hotel and we're like, arguing about something, but like a friendly debate and you're like floating around drunk and I'm floating around drunk. We're like, blah, 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 and we're like arguing because we have different opinions, but it's like, it's, we don't have to have share the same opinion. I don't remember that. Yeah. You were quite drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but, um, but yeah. So like, you know, we, we didn't have the, it didn't share the same opinion. So when you would, um, I, I didn't know if you didn't have faith anymore, didn't have faith, I guess, were you no longer convinced of, the idea of God, um, but I definitely wasn't. And then I, I but so I don't, did you ever have like an aha moment? I can't remember if you told me. No. Uh, did you just wake up no, one day? No, it and just you're eventuated. Like, yeah. It was like you didn't think about it and then you're like, hmm. Did you remember when you thought and you're like, maybe I don't believe in God? Uh, not particularly. It was probably, it was probably a time when you, like when you asked me. Yeah. Outright. And then I think I was just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Didn't have an aha moment. And you don't really care either. That's what's that's what's so interesting. We've talked about this before, but Amy just doesn't seem to care. <laughs> Whatever, let's get a cheese board. Like, I'm like yeah, I'm just like, 
oh, this affects everything. Like I'm, I'm a very deep thinker. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, um, we, yeah, we went in church, we're out of church. Um, and, but I guess those regarding going back to church for that, like prayer and stuff, it felt, it definitely felt very, um, it definitely brought up the emotions and feelings of like, oh, I'll be, I'll be wrong. Mm. Like, well, it did definitely for me. It, it made me kind of reevaluate stuff almost. Mm. Um, and then, because I was so desperate at the same time, I was like, oh, well, should like, should I just, should I just go? Yeah. And then if it works, it works. Great. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's so weird too. It's like a weird bribery thing. It's like that's a mighty fine song you've got there. You want to come with the church? <laughs> so, um, but um, uh, I was going to call this stream IVF when God fails, but that was a bit too spicy. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Um, but uh, but yeah, we ended up um, going down the the route of IVF, um, and so. Um, Let's tell a story about that. <clears throat> Let's tell the story about IVF. So how much was IVF? Did it cost us? 10 grand. 10 grand. And that's after four years of $43 a week. Plus all the... Oh, plus all the appointments and stuff. And the surgeries and stuff. Yeah, probably down like 30 grand at this stage. But we, we, more, we got, we got, I reckon. Yeah, that's over a long time. But we got super lucky yeah. though with um our first round. So we went through our first mm -hmm. round of IVF mm -hmm. and it worked, which was huge news for us yeah i wasn't expecting no i i thought um i was kind of trying to mentally prepare myself for oh we'll probably have to do this like quite a few times i don't know why but i had the number four in my head i was like oh we might have to do ivf like four times mm. before it actually works yeah so i was really shocked and if you and if we did do it four times you would have thought my intuition was correct my intuition, intuition tells me stuff. Yeah. But now that it didn't, you're not going to doubt your intuition. You're just going to go, okay, well, we, it worked great. That's that's how people. That's how people get stuck into magical thinking. Mm. But um, True. hey, everyone, thanks for joining. Uh, I can see the numbers have just jumped up, which so is great. Um, thanks for sharing, everyone. Thanks for sharing, Aaron. I really appreciate it on um, Twitter. Um, so. Yeah, so we had a funny story though with IVF. So with IVF, like it's crazy. You're you're injecting yourself every day for a while. <laughs> like even sure. that, yeah, was funny in itself. Okay, tell a story. Let's go. Well, I had to I had to do a bunch of pills and stuff beforehand. Not MDMA. And then, jeez, um, and then um, and then we had to switch over at like very specific time into these injections and they called us in and they showed us how to do these injections and it was um it was like a pen version so it's like super easy to um to use so that you're not um you're not like you don't have like a vial of the of the medication and like putting a needle in there and drawing it up and stuff and making making sure there's no air bubbles or anything like that. Um, this is like a pen that's already got everything in it and you just wind up um, the dosage and then stab it into you. <laughs> and um, and then they yeah showed us how to like take that needle off and everything and it all seems super simple. And then um, we actually filmed it. We've got it somewhere. Oh, I wish we had that. Um, but so I did. I did the first morning and 
yeah, they filmed it because it was like it was the first injection of doing IVF. And um, so I stabbed myself, took it out, and then tried to unscrew the needle and it was stuck. And I was like, what? Am, oh, I, yeah. am I doing this wrong? And I was trying to unscrew it. I can imagine you shaking with your hands because you're always so nervous about that stuff. Yeah, I, th- I probably was. And, um, uh, and yeah, I think I was just so nervous doing my first one that I accidentally screwed it on way too tight, way, way too tight. And so we couldn't even get it off. And Dave tried and he couldn't get it off. So he went to the garage and oh, got, yeah, to use pliers. Yeah, got pliers <laughs> to try and unscrew this needle. Yeah. So that you could put the next one on for the next day. Because one pen lasted you like four days. Yeah. Shattered it. Um, yeah. And we broke, broke it, it yeah. and broke the whole pen. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I mm. can't. Like our first <laughs> our first needle, which was meant to be super easy. And we just broke the whole thing. And yeah. I was so embarrassed. I had to call the clinic and be like, oh, we couldn't get the needle off. And we broke the pen. I kind of need another pen. They just gave us like a new one, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So that was, that was quite funny. Yeah. And then, so we had this, um, so we decided to go on like a little bit of a, um, trip like, um, and stuff like having good feelings, good vibes and stuff. Good vibes helps it. Good vibes. Good vibes, bro. Um, helps it. Oh, here we go. Now I'm talking like pseudoscience, but no, it actually does like no cortisone stress levels in your stressing system. Like yeah. good feelings. Stuff. Relaxing. Yeah. So we went away on a holiday, went down to Brisbane, stayed on Queen street, which was cool. Mm. Um, did lots of shopping, um, which gives you that steady drip of serotonin. Um, and, uh, and we, you had to take this nasal spray mm-hmm. and, um, so do you want to tell that story mm-hmm. <laughs> or you tell the first part and then I'll take over. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this nasal spray, it was very specific, had to have it morning and night at 7am and 7pm. And, um, so I took we took like all the injections and the nasal spray down to Brisbane with us. And um, I was, I was taking it and yeah, we caught up with friends one night or no one, I think it was like one afternoon or something for like a late lunch. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if we'll be back by seven o'clock. I'll just bring the nasal spray in my bag with me so that I can take it. Mm. Um, and yeah, lucky I did. Cause we ended up staying out for hours and hours. Um, and then, so we went back to their place and then we're like, oh, we'll catch an Uber out to, um, back out to the city so we can have some dinner. And as the Uber got there, my, my alarm went off to take the nasal spray. And, um, so I whipped it out of my bag and I was like, oh, I'll just do this outside the car. Cause I didn't want to get in this guy's Uber and like, my, be yeah. like snorting something. <laughs> mind you, mind you, yeah. Mind you, it, the instructions for this were like, every like it's okay if you're a few minutes late but if you're like don't be like 30 minutes late you've got to be on time with the spray yeah Yeah. it was very yeah it was very important spray Mm. um and yeah so i i took it quickly and i remember thinking like oh there's um like the safety clip on Mm. the on the spray wasn't there i couldn't find it to remove it because it was dark so i couldn't really see um and i was like oh, well, it must have, like, fallen off in my bag or something. So I took it anyway, and then we ended up going out and having dinner and stuff, going back to the hotel, going to bed, um, got up the next morning, 7 o'clock, took it again, and 
and then it triggered my memory about this um the safety clip and I was like oh where is it it must have fallen off in my bag so I was rummaging through my bag and I couldn't find it anywhere Mm. um and then like this this is like later we're like later on I don't know what happened. We're getting ready to go to breakfast. Yeah, getting ready to go for breakfast. And I'm like, where is my hay fever spray? And I'm like getting so angry because I'm like, I'm like getting all congested. I'm like, ah, hay fever spray. And I'm like running around and Amy's, and then Amy's like, where do you leave it and all this stuff? And then it clicked. And then you looked. Yeah. And I looked, yeah, I looked at the spray that I'd taken the night before and that morning. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. I have taken your allergy hay fever nasal spray and not my IVF spray. <laughs> oh, and then I went back to the bathroom and I saw my IVF spray. I just put, as we were going out of the hotel to meet with our friends, I just grabbed it quickly and I obviously did not look very well. Mm. And yeah, I grabbed his hay fever spray and so I burst into tears. Yeah, and everything we look up, it's like, um, and because we started the process now, so I think we would have lost like a few grand if we. Oh, we'd already paid the 10 grand. Yeah, but we would have, like, it would have been, we would have lost a few, like, they would have like, postponed it or something. Or maybe we were, have we lost the nine grand, maybe? We, yeah, we didn't We're know. not rich We either. didn't know. We're, we're not rich, like, at all. Like, we, we um you know, we, we put, we grind hard to, to, to have what we have. That's why we got two people living in this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Two borders. Um, so, um, so, you know, that nine grand and we saved up for it and something like, oh no. And we looked up everything online. And it's like, oh, if, you know, if you're an hour late, like it's fine, just take it. And we're like, hour late? Like we missed two. Like it's like it's 15 hours or something. Mm. Um, and it's just like, you know, so it's like everything was like, so you ruined your IVF. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was all, it was all like worst case scenario. Like, yeah, that round's done. You have to start again. Yeah. Um, and it was the, the spray was to do something to change like to keep your body it was to stop, stop me ovulating. from yeah ovulating because yeah. i was because we're pumping pumping me like with the injections with extra yeah um estrogen and stuff like that to get big follicles and, um and eggs and stuff for ripening um they have to make sure your body doesn't ovulate early so you have to take this spray to stop you from ovulating mm. so the fact that i had missed two lots of this spray could have potentially meant that I could have started ovulating and then those eggs are just all gone. Yeah, the ones that were boosted and everything. Yeah. So we're like, Devo, we're like, oh, well, what a great end of the trip. And what's funny is we stayed in that exact same hotel um, the um, like a few months back and when we came back, that's when we noticed our puppy oh. Butters had, because he, he had really bad, he had a super rare... Um, lymphoma. Lymphoma, like rare as in like... There were three other dogs in the world who've yeah. ever had it, and his sample got sent to UCLA at the cost of seven hundred dollars from us. Yeah, and he had um he had big uh, swollen lymph nodes, and he was on the highest amount of steroids he could have. And when we got back, there were they his they, he they just had all fluid and fluid stuff in his, his chest. chest, and he was struggling to breathe. And yeah. we had to put him down that night, and it was mm. the most heartbreaking thing. So two things like coming home from Brisbane those two times were devastating news. Um, crushed crushed absolutely crushed both both times i still cry about butters sometimes um but um but yeah so we're like oh this is this is a bummer uh and then what happens with um so and then your body changed right before surgery right you felt your body oh no no this is oh yeah yeah 
Well, we came, well we got back like we got back from um, Brisbane and we had a we had an appointment with our fertility specialist like on the Monday mm-hmm. or something. Um, and so I went to the bathroom and you told him. Yeah. And he pretty much <laughs> yeah. laughed. He laughed. He's like, "Oh, it's fine. In your situation, it's fine." Yeah. And then when I came back in from the bathroom, he pretended to get like yeah. super mad. He's at like, me. You forgot the spray. And you're like, "I'm sorry." He's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> um but yeah no it turns out turns out it was all okay he mm. he wasn't worried and did the scan and everything was still there and fine yeah. it was the biggest relief ever um, but we so they yeah. they check so at that moment then they they actually they check you for how many eggs you've got growing right yeah like they scan you and you're supposed to have 10 to 15 for your age um and like your health and boosted and everything. Right? Yeah, well, that's that's more like minimum kind of. Yeah, ten to fifteen minimum. Yeah, you can have more. Yeah, they find four, <laughs> four eggs, and they said. Oh well, there were more eggs, but four those big, four big eggs, were yeah, yeah big. four big eggs. So they're like those other ones won't mature. Pr- pr- probably these yeah. four eggs are ones that might mature to big big eggs for the surgery, and we're like, and they said most IVF surgeries would just go ahead. But we want to give you the option to pull back, try not to, um, like, uh, uh, pull back, uh, start a different course of, tr- of um, hormone treatment and see if we can get more eggs and then try again in a few months. Yeah, because they weren't sure if it was the specific medication that they had put me on or if it was just the max of what my body could produce mm. um so we didn't know because it was because it was the first round it was kind of like an experiment almost mm. um yeah so um so yeah we, we didn't have high hopes um at okay. all and we you go into surgery and you told we decided to go ahead we decided to go ahead yeah anyway we decided to go ahead because we're like we're like screw it like because well, I, I we got into the elevator and of the place and and always it's always the case where i'm like oh great news like um and amy's like has the exact opposite opinion like it's devastating and i'm like no they said in two months we can go i was in tears yeah and amy's devastated and it was at that moment that i was like i was i said to i said to you i was like fuck it i was like let's just go for it um uh, and we, we were very lucky to get into a draw for a block of land that we we're originally going to build on and then we ended up going end up um, selling it um long story whole other long story but um but essentially we knew we we're gonna come into like you know possibly come into 10 or 15 grand worth of like money after tax that we could put towards another round so we're like i was like fuck it let's just roll the dice on this one we got four eggs maybe <laughs> um uh and you know like whatever like let's just and and also if you if the first one fails they give you the second one for free of that same um that same you pay for IVF once. First one's, if first one fails, the second one's free. Yeah. Yeah. So like, whatever. Like, like, who cares? Like, let's just do it. Let's get something moving. It's been five years. It's ridiculous. And then, and Amy's like, yeah, you, let's do it. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we just, we decided to go ahead. We like made the decision. Like, screw it. Uh, but you're still very down about the whole thing. And when you went in to, to get the surgery, you told um, egg uh, retrieval. Yeah, egg retrieval. When you get yeah, when to get egg retrieval, you told them. No, I'm not going to have any. Didn't you? You said. Yeah. You yeah. Me. I just have, I don't know. I just, I don't know. A couple of things changed and it just made me doubt everything. And I was like, no, nah, I don't think we'll have, I thought I had 
um, already ovulated and mm. that those eggs were gone. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that was brutal. Um, but uh, we went in and it used to be tradition that they would write the number of eggs on your hand. So when you woke up from surgery, you could see it. Mm -hmm. They don't do that anymore. But no. the nurse decided. Well, here they don't do it anymore. Yeah, here I they don't, don't know do it if anymore. they do it. So okay. he, here they decided to they decided to do it. Um, yeah, the nurse was very nice because I I mentioned it and she's like, oh well, if you want me to, like I'm happy to run it on your hand. Mm. And I was like, yeah, okay, why not? And I was expecting like a big fat zero when I woke <laughs> you up. You wouldn't from write, They wouldn't have put zero. They'd wait for like you wake up like what's it? <laughs> like they wouldn't put zero. They would say like they wouldn't write anything and they just like your specialist. Uh, uh, yeah, I suppose. But um. We ended up taking this photo of um of the the experience. So this is mm. this is us when we got back from our house. Amy's drugged up, super <laughs> drugged up there. Such a great photo. And uh big nine. So we got nine eggs. Yeah. And that was that was a huge surprise for us. Um, yeah, massive. We were like, what? I like, thought it was getting zero. Yeah, we we were blown away. Um that was that was incredible. Um and we're like nine. We're like, we're like, and we just kept saying to each other like throughout the day, like, nine. We got nine, nine eggs. <laughs> like, that's so cool. Um, and then, and you know, they, you know, I stayed home from work masturbating, uh, <laughs> which is great. Some my sperm in, whatever. And they, they, um, they, they talked about, uh, you know, how long was it? We had to wait or something to to see if the eggs fertilized or something. It was only. It was only like. Uh, I think it was only like 28, 48 hours or something like that. But they kept they kept calling us every couple of days to give us updates on how they were all going. Mm. Um, and no, it must have been 24 hours because I remember the next day we got a call from the clinic and they were like, you had nine eggs, eight have successfully fertilized. And we're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Eight little souls born at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then they were like, oh, we'll keep, like, we'll keep an eye on them over the next couple of days to see how they progress. Um, and she was like, you could, you could end up losing like half of them. Um, and yeah, that should give us a call and yeah, let us know what was, what was going on. Mm. Um, and then by the end, it got down to four. Yeah, we had four that were pretty much good to go um, for us to use. Then one died or something. Yeah, then one one um, didn't make it the next day, and so we're left with three. Because that that little um, little side coat or whatever it was mm -hmm. um, wasn't baptized. It's, is it in hell now? <laughs> Too dark, too dark. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, babies go to baby go to heaven. Even the ones that were commanded to be killed by God in the Old Testament. Um, so, um, so yeah. So where you know we have three then, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and they bring us in. They they give us a tour. Like we're paying for this. We're paying out of the pocket, so they let us have a tour of like the science facility or whatever, mm -hmm. and we saw it all working. And I didn't know this, but they actually showed us mm -hmm. the sperm hitting the egg, 
informing like life, right? Mm. Like, um, well, they're both living things anyway. They're living tissue. So I don't know if life starts then because they're two living things already. So life started for 3.4 billion years ago or around then, um, we think. <laughs> anyway, on, on this uh, on this panel. But um, so, so, so it's super interesting. So we actually have the, the footage and would like to show it and kind of talk about um, what's happening. So um, this is the footage. On the outside. And I'm going to turn okay. the audio off. But... This is the actual egg. Um, and the egg, you can see around the, the edges there, there's like little sperms and stuff hanging out um, and or whatever. And what happens is, so this this device, it has like nine focal planes or 15 focal planes. Mm. So it like takes different photos, different um, rates. These are our different eggs. And um, he's showing us a bunch of stuff, blah, blah, blah. So this this one here is the one that we actually fertilized, the green one. Um, so this is the one that actually got implanted, the, the little little <laughs> fetus that's in there now. So you can see it's splitting. Um, it's splitting from one cell to a few cells, to more cells, to multiple cells. Um, and it keeps doing that, which is really cool. And then they move it onto a different dish. And this is the exact, the exact one um, now, the exact... Um, uh, fetus uh, zygote that's forming. So I think this is a pre-blastasis or something. I, I'm not a science man. But yeah, this is actually the, the process of the the zygote coming together, mm. which is really cool. And it's all just happening from the instructions of the DNA. Mm. Um, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Mind yeah. And he actually explained to us, like, that you know, explain to us chromosomes and stuff and how, like, um, if you have the wrong amount, the baby will, um, the, the fetus will die. And that's, it's, that's it kind of forming. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it'll, uh, the, if it has the wrong amount, the, it, you'll have a miscarriage, you'll die. And, and that's what, um, will happen because they, they actually don't, the, the, the chromosomes don't fit through a certain hole or something like it's not very, smart man but i know what love is but um and this is him yeah describing all that but what's really cool is um and then he said but there are some that don't end in uh a death of the um a miscarriage and that is and that's when you get things like chromosomal problems like down syndrome and things like that those yeah. ones can continue to survive um yeah. but yeah so this is this is the uh dr doing all that and this is when we first heard the heartbeat so and what's really cool is um and there's the little little <laughs> child this was <laughs> or little this was like thing. seven seven weeks pregnant something like that yeah yeah oh no i think this is like two weeks pregnant no oh, but anyway but what's cool is we we have just we have just um, entered the stage where the um, fetus is where baby is starting to develop consciousness, which is really cool. Mm. So it's starting to have a subjective experience after twenty four weeks, I think it is, mm. which is really cool. Um, yeah, so it can I think it can start to understand noises and things like that and mm. like remember them. Um, yeah. The other night, um, Amy told me to push on her belly hard, um, and I did. 
I did not say that. How, how did that happen? Well, I, I thought I could feel the baby's head on to one side and I rolled over and I was like, feel this is really hard. And he <laughs> thought I said, push hard. So I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's uh, like, ah! <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, you moved it. <laughs> so um, our, our um, child might have uh, fingerprints in their head. <laughs> we we um, actually, we're not finding out the um, gender um, no. because obviously we won't know the gender until old enough to tell us. <laughs> I've been saying that to, um, that's somewhat of a joke, kind of, but it's, um, but I've been saying that to um, our family and friends just to, get them real pissed off like ah like the more variety friends and stuff <laughs> so funny but um we talked in the last podcast we don't care if our child's gay straight oh, you know what i'll still love our child if they're straight <laughs> <laughs> if they're cisgendered i'll still love them <laughs> yeah. we don't care if they're straight um gay bisexual transgender um we don't care about any of that stuff um no. none of that matters um so um yeah, so that was like kind of our journey um, of, um, you know, um, getting pregnant. And then... Telling Dave was really yeah, hard. Yeah, tell us that, yeah. Tell us <laughs> that. I was about to go there. I, um, so like, uh, I can't remember how many days after, after um, I got implanted, um, but when I got a blood test to then find out if we were actually pregnant or not. Um, so I went and got that done. And then because I was the one who got the blood test, the, um, the clinic called me with the results to let me know. And so both Dave and I were at work that day. So we weren't together. So I found out first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it was the nurse that called me. She She's lovely. Um, although when she first called me, she had like a really down tone. <laughs> and right. and I said to her straight away, I was like, "Oh no, is it like it didn't it didn't work, did it?" And she was like, "No, no, no, you're pregnant." And I was like, "Oh my god, what?" <laughs> yeah. And I just burst into tears. Um, they, then they, what I was gonna say when they implanted it, um, the um Ben goes, uh, our IVF specialist goes, um, fifty percent. He goes fifty percent. We go, so what? 50% chance. 50% and we're like what are you talking about dog like 50% yeah. and we're like we didn't we thought 20 at yeah. best so it was like a coin a coin toss yeah and and this isn't like you know you know magic numbers tafe degree soy isn't um you know soy will give you a 50% this is like real number like real science from specialists who train in absolute experts in the field yeah the topic you know well, how many how many deliveries have you done thousands yeah thousands of deliveries um yeah handsome as well <laughs> anyway um so should i leave the room <laughs> no, no. maybe when we maybe after maybe leave after we give birth so me and him we have a cuddle uh so so him and i should have a cuddle so yeah so keep going um oh yeah so i found out first so i i said to the nurse um oh no i i explained to her that um, both of us went to like in the same room together and that I was going to go home after work and tell Dave then because I wanted to film his reaction because he films me with everything so I'm going to film him and um, 
And yeah, so I had like the whole. Oh, you, you didn't. T you missed the part where I call. I told you to call up. Oh yeah. I call Amy and I said, I said, oh, we're supposed to find out today. And I was like, can you call them? And Amy's like, nah. And I was like, no. and she's like, they'll call us. And I'm like, no. I was like, we went to find out. Cool. And then um, I was working from home, and then you. Oh yeah, because you were like, yeah, add them to the call. Do a three way chat, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. No, it'll be fine. I'll just call. I'll just hang up here and then I'll call them and then I'll call you back. Yeah. And so I called back um, the nurse and I was like, Dave is getting really antsy. He wants to know. And I had told her what I wanted to do. So she knew. And I was like, can you just like call him and like delay him until I get home from work? And she laughed and she's like, yeah, okay, no worries. Mm. And, and then, then, and then um, she calls me and she's like, Oh hi, this is um blah blah calling from blah blah. I'm just um inform you, you know, unfortunately we won't have your results today. I'm like, why? And they're like, oh they they sent them to the wrong lab. I'm like, oh and she's like, I know. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you for calling. I'm like, incompetent. Why are these why is why you know, why is you know Yeah, and she told she told him that we wouldn't get the results till the Monday. Because this was a Friday that we found out. So it wasn't gonna be until the next week. Mm. Um yeah. So Dave then thought that we weren't finding out till Monday. And so I came home a bit early. I was recording a video and I heard the door open weirdly. And I was like, I was trying to be really quiet. And I was, and you, you walk in and I was like, oh, hey. And then you're like, you're, you're kind of walking like, hey, I'm like all just weird. And I was like, I was like, okay, like you're acting weird. And I was like, why are you home early? You're like, mm, I thought I'd come home early. I'm like, mm, okay. And I was like, gonna continue recording my video. And then I was like, this is weird. I'm just going out there and see what's going on. And I come out there and I see your phone. And I was like, why is your phone there? Like, whatever. Like, I didn't even think. I was just like, I can't believe they screwed up. Like, I'm just, you know, Karen, Karen, being a Karen, I guess. Or being a, um, whatever. Being, like, just trying to vent. And then. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I know. It really sucks. And, yeah. And then. Super catered we, about got it. The, we got the video, um, but we might keep it to ourselves. But the we opened the, um, Amy goes, oh, there's a bun in the oven. And I said, um, and at the, that time, one of our roommates had COVID mm. and we were giving them food under the door. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we opened up the, and, and I was like, oh, I was like, I didn't put it there. And she's like, there's a bun in the oven. And I was like, I didn't put it there. And I was yeah, like. Yeah, you started getting really <laughs> mad at me. I was like, I'm so glad I have this on camera. I was like, I was like, oh, well, I didn't put it there. And then, um, and then, and then you like picked it up. I was like, don't touch it. It's probably, probably Brock did it. Like Brock's probably like put it there to cook it last night and like you're gonna might get COVID and she, yeah and then, he's like go wash your hands I'm like go wash your hands and yeah and, and you're like um there's a bun in the oven and I was like I didn't put it there <laughs> I'm like it's not as bad as I'm making out but like in, I'm, mm. I'm thinking okay well we got a <laughs> video to see and then um I think he's had to say like two or three times and then and then I was like I pause and I stopped <gasps> and I was like are you pregnant and then you're like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And I, I like touched your belly and then I like sat, stood back and I was in shock for ages. Yeah. I didn't know what to say. I was just like. Yeah. Like, he like froze for a little bit. Yeah. Because in my my in my mind, I was like, just give us the bad news. We've had five years of bad news. Like, just give mm -hmm. us the bad news so we can make a huge bowl of pasta, eat our feelings and like watch movies all weekend to try and like get out of the headspace or whatever. Um, but when we find found that out, we're like, "What?" And the first person and the first people we we told weren't our family. It was well, they I guess I would call them our family. Like, 
um, Tom and India. Um, yeah. We went and told them because they, they've been like right by our side the whole time, um, mm. you know, supporting us and um, the whole journey, even when they didn't necessarily um, like we held off on IVF for some things once. And they were like, they thought we should have done IVF. And even though they thought that they still, they didn't like push that opinion on us or anything. They just, mm. you know, they were like, we supported us the whole time, which is really cool. And um, just really, I know, they're always there to talk to as well. Um, but yeah, so we told them. How we tell them? Oh, we went and got um, like a tray, pretty much, of um, donuts. Mm. And then wrote on the, like, on the inside of the box lid, um, I can't even remember what it said, but something something like I like can't... eat up. I can't be the only one with a belly. Yeah, and then baby McDonald due Jan twenty twenty three. Yeah, and uh, there's another one. Uh, we had the whole family over. Um, Poppy was up. Everyone was up, and I was like, "Oh, let's go get a, a photo in front." Of, we're doing a Christmas in July thing. Yeah, big photo in front of the Christmas tree, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna take a photo." And I was like, "Everyone, um, say after me, repeat after me." And I was like three, two, one, Amy's pregnant. And they're like, what? And they're all just like freaked out. People crying, you know, just people go, Oh, it was crazy. It was, um, it was really cool. Um, yeah, it was It just, and we filmed it. So we got everyone's like, yeah. faces like shocked. You can see who first, uh, your dad is at the back. just like, just like, he, <laughs> he, he, apparently he was like, why would he joke about something like this? Like he was like, cause I always joke about inappropriate things. Why would you joke about something like this? And then it, it took, I guess he was so triggered or like, so like, why would he do this? He didn't realize that you actually were pregnant until everyone was like reacting. Um, mm. So that's pretty funny. You can see everyone's like how they process it. Uh, we had, um, you know, one of our Colin come over um, and I said, um, he was standing here and I said, look at us, just three of us hanging out. And he went, three? And I said, oh. You mean four? Oh yeah, four, because Manny was there. I said, look at us, four of us. No. Is there alcohol uh, in this? Maybe. Do you math? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, look at us, just four of us hanging out. And he's like, four? And I was like, yeah. I was like, you, me, Amy, baby. And he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then we have um, you know, we have a good friend who um we I used to always come home and say, Hey babe, to Amy. And that they'd, they'd say, Hey babe. Like, um, and then so we became the Bebs. Mm -hmm. So um, and then I said to we're like going for a drive with them, and I was like, look at us, four bebs in the car. And they're like, what for? I'm like, oh, baby. Ah, same thing. So it was really cool how we like told everyone it was really fun. Um, really yeah, fun it was. Way of, fun way of saying. Um, and do we, we, we play a D&D game with everyone. Um, and did we do anything for that? We were initially. No, we were thinking about it, but no, we didn't end up. Yeah. We didn't end up doing it. We were going to make like some like um, thing um, for the D&D thing where it's like Amy's character gets pregnant or, or Amy plays a fairy or something or like to tell everyone, but we didn't. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, it was really special, but, um, it was a really hard process and I, I feel sorry for people who go through the process. Like, I mean, we went through five years, but people go for mm -hmm. much longer mm -hmm. and they do many failed attempts of IVF. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who is going through that themselves? <laughs> Um, that's a very good question. Um, I think ha having at least one person to talk to about it is definitely something needed, whether that's a family member or a friend or I went to 
a psychologist. Um, yeah, having having just one person that you can talk to about it, like freely and openly, mm. definitely um, is a bit helpful. Just someone to like air your thoughts and stuff, because um, yeah, you have a lot of stuff run through your head at that time. Um, and yeah, self care. Mm. Yeah, being being kind to yourself, because it's um yeah, it's a really it can be a really sucky time to be honest. Yeah. And it feels like it's never going to end. Yeah, it, do- it does feel like it's never going to end. And you're just going to constantly have roadblock after roadblock and, like, more money that you have to fork out at it and how you're going to be able to afford it. And, yeah, there's heaps of stuff in and there. And that's if you're so, in a country that you can mm, uh, have access to something like that. Yeah, yeah, some people have to fly to other countries to get yeah. it done. Um, yeah, so it's a – yeah, it's um, – it can definitely take a toll. Yeah, and it's one of those things too where, um, like, uh, I mentioned before, I made a joke about, you know, a, what are you a loony going to a psychologist? I didn't mention, but I should have mentioned straight afterward that um, the, the, the reason that is a joke is because I'm the biggest advocate. I think everyone <laughs> should go to therapy. Every single person should go to therapy yeah. um, at times in their life, even just to check up, just to talk to someone about stuff because, um mental health uh and mental well-being is a huge thing that that we need to destigmatize but also mm. like your drunk friend or your just your friend or your family give advice but um it's not always the best advice um and it's also sometimes you don't want to be like a dumping ground for your friends and family mm. where you go to a psychologist like i went to a psychologist last week and it was like i was like this 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 and then they said and then they just asked a few questions and then were like, okay, I think you're dealing with X. And then as soon as they said that, all the pieces fell together for me in my head and I could conceptualize the issues. Yeah. Um, but um, in saying that, um, psychology and getting mental help, help like that is not always accessible for mm-hmm. other people, especially when money comes into it as well some yeah. people just can't afford to do something like that That's um true. so and another thing um would be if you're in that position just write down all of your thoughts on paper or in your phone or something like that just something to help get stuff out of your head because mm. um, if you stay in your head it, you can just start going on loops and um yeah, can mm. become harder for you. So just being able to like write it down on paper just helps in the process of getting it out of your mind and being able to think through properly what's actually going on. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, what advice would you have given yourself five years ago? <laughs> like, and let's take out, let's take off the table. Like, do IVF straight away? Like advice like that like practical advice but like advice like how to deal with it emotionally and things oh i don't know probably the be kind to myself i was i was very much a person who puts other people's feelings ahead of mine um and so if someone if someone would start giving me advice that i couldn't um deal with hearing i would just sit there and grin and bear it Whereas I should have, like, sat there and thanked them for their 
love and care and advice, but at this time um, I just don't want to talk about it at the mm. moment, which is fine. Mm. You don't have to talk about it with every person who asks you, oh, when are you guys going to start a family? Mm. You guys have been married for however yeah. long. Don't do that, people. Don't ask people about their, like when they're going to start a family. Yeah. It, uh, it can cause a lot of stress for people who maybe be trying to have kids. Um, what do you say to someone who... Or even for people who decide that they don't want kids. Hmm. Some people decide that they don't want kids and don't want to have to explain to yeah. everyone why that is and stuff. It's their own um, personal choice. Hmm. What it like, so, um, and everyone, if you've got questions, we're going to be wrapping up soon. So to send through, I see River City Films, I'll ask a question in a sec, but what do you think about, um, about like, about doing IVF from a religious perspective um, with the, um, you know, with the idea of like the idea that, that you know, life, uh, that like, cells come together in the Petri dish and things like that? What advice would you give to someone who's concerned about that? If they are... If they're religious, yeah. If, um, well, you can have a different take on things. That being that God or whoever you believe in, or it depends what you believe in, um, created these people to yeah um, <laughs> it triggers me but yeah go for it yeah do that yeah um god gave scientists smart brains so they could science but let's not accept them when it comes to vaccines and blah 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 because <laughs> an evolution anyway keep going yeah no i agree that's what you should do but i'm just uh, you've, you've, well you've, it's you've just it's it. just another i know but it's <laughs> another way for like to help those people get yeah through, like like God has created these people and they've gone down these different like study routes and stuff. And so they've learned the scientific method. Mm. Um, and um, yeah. And so therefore you can still use that you can still get IVF and stuff and it's not mm. um, bad. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. If you're, I don't know, it's hard. It's yeah. Hard. So it's a way to, it's a way to, conceptualize it's, it's, it's about conceptualizing conceptualizing things i think yeah um people who people who go to church tend to you know view things a certain way and it actually helps them that's why i think religion sticks around if it's working for you go for it like keep keep doing it i don't think it's true um i'm not convinced of the existence of any god or mm. gods or deities or supernatural or paranormal or anything like that um but doesn't mean i'm not open to uh, changing my mind but if it's, if something's working for you, if you, you know, Bitty Buddha, um, she's badass and she, she's like full atheist and stuff, but she likes doing tarot cards and stuff like that. She just finds it fun. And for her, her, it's like a thing that helps her. Like she finds it fun. She finds entertainment from it. She finds it gives her like a nice story. Like people, you know, I read Lord of the Rings and I get like, you know, feelings from Lord of the Rings and that, that help me think about things. Or I remember, um, you know, playing Zelda and then, you know, when I had to do something challenging um, in the real real life, I actually thought about the courage that Zelda had, you know, these <laughs> stories that Zelda's not real, but these the Link is not real. But 
the stories that these are stories that we tell ourselves to get get through things so if you have to think about being like link and having courage go for it if you have to pray to a god go for it whatever do, do whatever you think is i'm not a hardline atheist that thinks everyone should um believe what i believe i i'm just not convinced of the evidence um but i'm open to change my mind yeah so that's what i would say River City Films said, what's the most exciting small thing that you're looking forward to as being about to being a parent? Um, I love Christmas. Massively. Hugely. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I know I can't I can't wait to start our own little like family Christmas traditions with the kids. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Like setting up the Christmas tree and going and look at Christmas lights and mm. what have we end up doing on Christmas Eve and stay together and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. My, I'm, uh, and this is, this is just weird, but I know that uh, people, you know, I can see how I, I've been looking at how I've been treating our puppies and <laughs> <laughs> to like what I enjoy, what I don't enjoy. Um, and, you know, trying to better myself, you know, um, with how I approach things with our dogs. So like if a dog wants a cuddle, I'm not gonna, I'm trying not to turn it away and push it away. You know, um, if I don't want to, I'm trying to, you know, this is weird, man. But anyway, the point is one of the things I loved about um, Butters was helping him overcome fears um, and help, helping him overcome, like in showing, showing the dog new things. Mm. And I've always been like that. And I think that I'm really excited to show, um, our children stuff. So I want to, mm. I want to, you know, show them, um, show them like cool things in Minecraft. I want to sh- take them to the beach and show them waves for the first time, show them how to swim. Yeah. It's all about um, first time stuff. Yeah. First time things like that. Um, you know, um, just, we, you know, we live in a cool area, like I'm making friends with the kids down at the, um, you know, local playground and, um, you know, sh- playing handball and, and things like that. I, I also look forward to like getting out of the house a lot more, um, hopefully getting more energy, losing weight and things like that. Um, not just sitting behind the um, <laughs> computer all the time. Uh, it'd be, I'm just really looking forward to that. Um, I used to make video games. So it'd be really cool to take their drawings when they get, you know, to a certain age and like maybe put them in video games. I don't know if that'll happen. And this may, this footage may be held against me in the court of the children in the future. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, just doing things like that, like putting their, putting their stuff in video games, and, you know, it, it's just, it's just kind of cool. Um, but uh, yeah, and just showing them things. Like I've always always wanted to be like, you know, take the kids um, prospecting, not prospecting, but like um, looking for looking at fossil beds. Um, mm. there's, there's one close to us. You can't take anything, but there are insects that are like millions, hundreds of millions of years old there. Uh, and just and showing them the different like levels and learning ourselves and like, oh wow, we're in like looking for fossils to like to look at. Um, and you know, it, it, or the stars, like showing them stars and explaining the, the, the grandness, the bigness of the cosmos, um, that's incomprehensibly large, um, is just, is, is, yeah, really awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Um, River City film said, um, River City film said, that's really cute. <laughs> um, and, and that's Josh. And, um, you know, another thing is traveling. I don't, I can't believe I didn't mention that traveling with our kids is going to be huge. Traveling to Bali with Josh, Rose City Films would be a cool, <laughs> cool thing to do. So yeah, like traveling, traveling around is um, a huge, um, huge thing for us. And the yeah. names, the names that we've picked out are actually related to travel in a way. Mm. Um, so got a boy's name and a girl's name and 
um, yeah, I, yeah. So it's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. So it's all like your first time stuff, and then like family time and traditions. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So mm. also yeah. part of the McDonald. Um, so McDonald's were the largest clan of Highland Scots. Donald means son of uh, McDonald means son of Donald. So there was a guy named Donald. Um, event uh, ages ago, but I think it's like. 25% of McDonald's can trace their lineage back to Summerled. Uh, and Summerled was like this, um, the king of the uh, northern, I think he was a king, or something of the northern. He was the the dude, the big dude of the northern, <laughs> the, the western coast of Scotland. Uh, and he fought off the Vikings and beat them. Uh, and that's like from him, he had a son with a Viking wife or something. Blah, blah, blah. And ended up creating the McDonald, clan McDonald. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and 25% of uh, McDonald's can trace the lineage back in. So it'd be really cool. And he was around 11, 1150 AD, really cool to get a DNA test. That's like $1,000 for that type of test. But to get that type of DNA test to actually see if we're, where if our child is related to Summerled, um, which would be really cool because uh, we can sh then chase our lineage back to 1150 AD, like an exact person. And I've got a book back there that goes through all the clans. The, sorry, side note, Clan Donald, Clan McDonald was so big at one stage, they they threatened the Scottish crown. So, yeah, <laughs> cool, right? Uh, so, yeah, so that, um, so River City Films, <laughs> call the boy Boeing. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, um, Mr. Bootlegs said before, how do you feel about stories of children who were brought via surrogacy but craved their bio parents? In regards to like, just like them meeting? Yeah, I guess so. Is that? Yeah, I have no. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Like if it, if it was us and we went through a surrogacy, a surrogate mm. i'd be fine with them meeting yeah meeting her yeah. um we're not really like yeah i know i wouldn't i wouldn't like hide it or anything like that the, this comes back to um, us like the honesty thing like we're very open and honest and like um you know like we'd probably you know tell them from an early age we kind of respect their in in intellect we don't, mm. we don't try to hide things um so I guess like yeah, it'd be like yeah, you of course you can go see your your mother or whatever. Like I wouldn't care if they were a big part of our lives or whatever. I'm not gonna like yeah, or even if they even if they were adopted and mm. stuff. If the if they wanted to go and meet their um, biological You're great. parents, we'd settle then, up. Like yeah, I'd be definitely in support of that. Mm. Um, we, we, it, I'm not denying that it'd probably be emotionally hard. Yeah, it and would you'd be. have a lot of emotions come up. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't deny them of, of that at all. They have the right. One other thing too, one of the things that we do as well is um, like this, I mean, many times that we've been jealous of stuff in the relationship. Um, but we like, I remember once I saw um, there's this guy at church come up behind you, gave you a big hug from behind and like held on you on it from front maybe gave you a huge hug it was way too long and it made me like it was when we first started dating i was like ooh, and it felt like i looked away i didn't like it uh and um and um and i remember telling you like hey i that made me feel jealous um but it wasn't for you to correct anything i didn't want you to correct anything i was like this is what i'm dealing with i mm -hmm. felt jealousy then i'm trying to work through my jealousy um 
And you're like, oh, well, did you see what I did afterwards? Like, no, nah. I was like, I pushed him away because I thought, yeah, it was the hug was way too like long and whatever. Um, and so we, we always do that in a relationship. Like we'll tell each other like, hey, I feel jealous, but it's not to make the other person change the behavior because that's that's enabling um, the jealousy. It actually makes the jealousy worse. Mm. It's something, it's, it's uh, if I'm jealous about something or if Amy's jealous about something, we just show empathy to the other person. Like, I'm sorry, you feel like that. Is there anything I can do to help you not feel like that? Um, and I think that's the, a good way to approach things. So when it comes to children, um, like even if it's things like they like one parent more or whatever, <laughs> you know. Or well, kids go through stages. Right? Yeah, yeah. And or like anything, we try and um, just be open and honest with our um, feelings and talk about how we can um, deal with that. And a lot of that comes from learning learning about how to deal with things properly through a psychologist, and it's really helped us. So, hmm. Yeah. Once again, recommend everyone go to a psychologist. <laughs> so with that said, um, we're going to wrap up if anyone's got any last questions. Um, but uh, that essentially, yeah, that's our story, uh, our IVF journey. Um, yeah. And uh, do you have any other advice for anyone with IVF or fertility stuff? Um, other than what I've already said. Well, I know you're putting me on the spot here. Okay. Do you have, um, do you have advice? I got a better question. Mm -hmm. Forget that first question. Do you have any advice for people who know someone who want to help someone support someone who's going through um, fertility treatment? Just listen. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. check in and see how they're going. Um, and just listen to what they have to say, have to say, like, um, if they, if they want advice or anything, then they'll probably ask. Um, so, yeah, just be a sounding board yep. because too many people start interjecting their personal opinions and it might not line up with yours and then make things more difficult for you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, That's be great. a sounding board to those people. That's great advice. So when you, say, when you say listen, that means don't give advice unless asked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of people, it's so tempting to mm. you see you see the little chickling coming out of its shell, and you want to peel apart the shell. You got to let it get out of the shell itself. Like you can't. <laughs> you've just got to. You've just got to hold your tongue, and it's really hard. But sometimes it's the best thing to do. Or sometimes, and I do this for conversations outside of um, outside of it as well. Is I'll I'll say to someone like, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to someone, I'll say like, hey, do you want me to listen, or are you after advice? Mm. And and usually that'll that'll prompt them and, and many sometimes people just want to rant and they just want someone to, to listen yeah like I've, I've even had people like I've, I've caught myself giving too much advice and they say look i don't want advice i just want to tell you and i'm like okay cool 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 mm -hmm. and that's what kind of but yeah so it's, it's often good to ask them what they're actually what they what their expectations are for you and that's a big thing in relationships as well this is a relationship stream as well but <laughs> you know the, uh, the lady lady or the husband or, or, or wife or husband or whatever might come home and be like ranting and the usually what I find is a lot of my mates, um, the husbands will start or the the partners, boyfriends, whatever, will start solving the problems. Solve, mm. solve, solve, solve. Because they, they want to solve the, the issue. Well, well, you've got this problem. Here's the solution. But the partner doesn't want a solution. They, they, they're just, what they're, they're experiencing, an emotional, something emotional, and they need um, empathy. And and mm. I, I had, a, once again, a psychologist point out to me that there's actually like a, a mechanism in the brain that essentially blocks that any form of um, 
any form of the ability to deal with the problem until they um, have dealt with the uh, dealt with the emotional part first. So, um, like if if you came home and you're like ranting about something, listen to you. I can touch you. I can offer you empathy if you're sad or, or whatever. And it's not until you've dealt with that emotional part of it that you can actually deal with the rational part of it. And that's the same for me as well. Uh, so yeah, so it's good to just ask, hey, um, what, what you know, do you want me to just listen or would you like some advice? And that'll usually give you the answer. It's, it's a really good tool to, to mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you everyone for watching. Um, make sure you like, favorite, subscribe, do all the good stuff, share it um, if, to, with someone you know. And another thing is we mentioned at the start that Rivers, um, that uh, Deep Drinks is getting really popular well, more popular than I, not really popular, but more popular than I thought it was on Spotify, uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, things like that. And of course, make sure you subscribe and you share it with some friends because we have um, we have some cool episodes coming up. And once we get to a thousand subscribers, we will be uh, doing a six-hour charity stream, and I might be able to convince Amy to come on. Um, it, it might even be after your. Um, after you've given birth and you can do shots or something. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what the, the deal is with breast milk or whatever, but we can work it out. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you everyone for, for joining in. Uh, uh, it's been, it's been great. And thanks for everyone for, sh for showing up. Um, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. <laughs>